Hi, friends. You're listening to Collaboration Code Radio, where we bring together the San Diego coding and tech community. I'm your host, CEO of Learn Academy, Chelsea Kaufman, and today's guest is Kate Kassab. She is one of Learn Academy's alumni and currently a product UX UI designer for MindTouch. Hey, Kate. Thanks for joining us. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. For sure. Tell me, how, how are you? How have you been? Oh my gosh, I am doing good. Um, this week has been crazy. Um, I mean, all in all, just trying to keep busy. But today in particular, about an hour ago, I just jumped off of a live stream with Adobe. So I'm still, excuse me if I sound like um, energetic or like out of breath. It's just been, I've been on all day, but I'm excited to, to get to talk to you. I, I hear that. That's Awesome. Um, and I want to uh, hear a little bit more about that a little bit later. Um, but how how's MindTouch? Did you guys, are you virtual now? You're all remote? Yeah. So we actually made the switch back in um, the end of February. Okay. Um, but of course, at, at that time, we're like, oh, we'll be remote for maybe a month or two and we'll all come back. And I mean, we all know that story. So we've been remote ever since. It's been pretty smooth. I think the only complaint is maybe like just a little bit of feeding exhaustion, but I mean, that's to be expected. All in all going pretty good. That's great. So the transition for remote, was that good for you? Um, I think it was. Um, you know, it's funny. I think everyone's different. I'm naturally a little bit more introverted. So getting to stay in my office at home and take meetings virtually, like it's, it's great. But at the same time, you miss that human connection. I can't go out and get coffee with my coworkers anymore. I can't, I haven't seen my coworkers in, I don't know, like six or seven months now. And so, I mean, as much as I love to, you know, stay in my room, like it's great, but I miss people. Yeah. I, I was just thinking I'm similar. I am very introverted kind of person. And so I, I dug working from home, the like Zoom calls. I'm like, oh, I can get used to this. I could do this. But there's mm -hmm. something about even just being in a room with other people working around you that motivates you to work harder, that I miss that energy. Yes, same. But I, I, fortunately, I do have my husband whose office is next to mine, and he is fairly loud. And so um, I, it feels like I have other people in the room with me, but it's not quite the same. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Um, you know, working with other people at home because a lot of people are work from home right now. So I know, you know, my roommates, one of my roommates is in the dining room, the other person's in the garage, the other person's in the living room. And so everyone trying to work remotely, it's, it's difficult, but um, yeah, just interesting times. For sure. For sure. Well, let's um, jump back a little bit. I, I always like to ask people where, where's home for you? Where's home for me? Um, I was born and raised right here in San Diego. Um, specifically, if you're familiar with the area, I was um, raised in East County, and now I've moved a little bit closer to the coast, which is pretty nice. Um, what yeah, what San part Diego. of East County? Um, Santee. Oh, I grew up in Lakeside. Oh, nice. That's, oh. Really, that's really cool. Born and raised. Nice. San Diego, mm -hmm. represent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So what were you doing um, before you came to learn? Um, so when I made the transition to learn, I was a 
community college student. I was working Target, working at Starbucks, just trying to pay my way through college. And you know, at that age, it's like, what do I want to do with my life? And I grew up loving storytelling and creating. And so I thought the natural stage of progression, well, let me go to community college and let me be like an author or look at um, narrative design for for video games, which is um, a huge passion of mine. Um, but about two and a half years in, I had this revelation that I was really only doing community college because that's kind of what society puts on you. They tell you like, oh, you graduate high school, you go to college and then you get a job and then you, you know, whatever. Um, but I wasn't happy. I was a horrible student. I was just drawing all over my papers. And <laughs> um, I remember specifically taking a statistics class and studying for months for it to get like a 40%, right? So I think for me, that was like the sign, like, okay, I'm clearly not meant to be in college. What's What should I do? And so I was just on the internet one day. And at the time, I was also doing some freelance design, and um, I was reading all about web design. I'm like, wow, that's really cool, because I like always played with like the code on like my blog, but didn't understand anything about it. I'm like, oh, HTML, CSS, yeah, like that's really fun to play around with. Um, but I found out about Learn Online, and it was just one of those moments in life where I felt really gravitated towards it, and I it it was something I thought about nonstop for days. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make the jump. I'm just going to do it. And so I quit my jobs. I dropped out of college. I did a tour. Um, I remember the day that I did a tour with you specifically about if learning would be a good fit. And I remember that day just being such a good day because I felt like I had the power to make that decision for myself and not just do it because my, you know, my parents wanted me to go to college or my friends were afraid to see me quit my job and drop out of college. But like, I knew it was right for me. And I think it was just a really powerful decision. And yeah, so that was like a long-winded answer to how I came to learn, but yeah. So was there um, a connection with video games and your, your design background? Um, yes. So growing up, um, you know, tying back to the whole introvert thing, um, I was just very content in my room and drawing, playing video games. That was what I like to do. And so um, I just, so much of my inspiration comes from video games because I think video games really express that uniqueness that everybody has. Um, and so I wanted to create uniquely for me. And that's what kind of got the ball rolling with, I really started to enjoy storytelling and drawing and anything that let me be creative. So yeah, 100% was a huge inspiration for me. Cool. Where, so where did you first learn the graphic design? Um, graphic design. Oh my gosh. It was, it's so funny because 10 plus years ago, I remember being like a little kid and playing in MS Paint and, you know, um, not Google Docs, um, PowerPoint, right? And just like playing with colors and text and all that stuff. And I didn't know that I could ever get a career doing anything like that. And I remember um, one year I was gifted a, um, like a 2007 Apple MacBook from my dad. And he's like, oh, this is mine. But I know that this is like, he was seeing me work on like this really crappy PC that would, you know, crash every hour. And he's like, yeah, like, go ahead, like be creative. And so from there, I remember like, saving up enough money to finally buy like Photoshop CS3, which like super old, you know, version of it and just playing around. And like, 
I, I was drawing with a mouse for a while <laughs> and just trying to like find ways to like break things. And I just remember feeling so like inspired. And so like, this is what I want to do. But when you're that age, you never know that that could be a career, you know, in school, it's like, oh yeah, like you can be a doctor or a lawyer or a, you know, whatever. They never teach you about the creative parts of life. Yeah. I wonder how we could break that down. I feel like that's such a common um, statement that people say, oh, I never knew that that could be a job. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I think that's a really interesting thing that we, that kids, I think, often feel that way. And I wonder what that is and how we could break that down so that more people could be empowered to, to do these things that they love to do. Absolutely. And I mean, not that, well, actually with this whole remote thing, I think it is something that we can solve sooner than later because I've heard this saying, and it's a really sad saying, but throughout our 12 years of solid education, they're not teaching you to be an entrepreneur. They're not teaching you to code. They're not teaching you to design. They're teaching you, um, unfortunately, habits and ways to work for other people, which, I mean, it's not a bad thing at all to work for other people, but there's nowhere in there where they teach you how to be independent in the options of being entrepreneurial until you hit college. Yeah, that's really interesting. Or to or even simply to look at things in in that perspective, right? That you don't even necessarily have to go out on your own to do it. But yeah, absolutely. Finding, finding those ways to you know collaborate and explore different career paths. I mean, I come from a very different, I mean, I, my degree is actually in the theater arts and I was in the theater for many, many years. And there were lots of people that told me not to go that direction. Right. And I don't, I would not be where I am today if it weren't for the things that I learned going through that experience that like learning in the theater, I learned how to be a better manager. I learned how to be a better entrepreneur. I learned how to run a business in a way that was lean and fast and uh, collaborative. And I, and I think that there are ways to kind of connect with people in those mm, industries like game design, right? That, that And maybe it's becoming more common, but I do still think there's probably a lot of people out there that don't think of it as a career. No, not at all. And, you know, on that topic of game design, I remember, you know, being 18 and trying to figure out what to do with my life. And I did entertain the thought of game design. And I even like went and toured a couple game design schools. And I just had so many people along the way tell me like, oh, are you like sure you want to do that? It's like long hours. You don't make that much money. And then like touring the schools, I would have loved to go to one of those schools, but school is expensive, you know, like tuition at those art schools are like, looking at like six digits a year. And, you know, at 18, you don't have that kind of money. So you're kind of like, maybe I should just follow what society is telling me. But I mean, coming from your theater background and, you know, doing what your heart led you to do, like, obviously you are where you are and you, you just have that courage to take the step and move forward. And I think that's what's, what's so powerful. Yeah. And I think the more that we can empower more people to feel like they can do that, that they can make that leap, and I think a lot of it is kind of redefining education so that college and universities is that they're not the only way. And 
that there are lots of different ways that you can enter a field so that we're breaking down those barriers so that it isn't just a big price tag that you have to get past. Exactly, exactly. Because um, I, I do think that university specifically for your colleges, when you're paying $70,000 tuition a year, I do view universities and design school as they're a privilege. Like either you're born into the lifestyle where you have the money to afford that or you can get help from your parents. But the reality is a lot of people don't have that help. Um, you know, myself being one of them. And so you're kind of just left to like learn how to survive, but. Right. Um, so we need to create more on ramps for, for people to succeed so that they can get the training that they need to get in the door and that it doesn't have to be this barrier of uh, money that allows people to get the education or the training that they need in order to to the career that they are dreaming of. Right, 100%. Well, that took a slight a, a side turn, um, <laughs> but those are my favorite. So, um, but just kind of getting back to your um, path, can you talk a little bit about, you know, what were the first experiences with coding? So I first even like learned about code, I guess, um, probably like 2014, because around that time, like blogs were a huge thing. Um, and so I remember if, if any of you guys remember like Tumblr, the other blogs, I would like, people would offer like these templates for your blogs that I thought were so cool. I'm like, whoa, like how are people making these? And so then I learned how to like go in and like inspect the code and learned it was all just HTML and CSS. I'm like, wow, that's super interesting. And at the time, I didn't think that, I mean, if I could be blunt, I didn't think I was smart enough for it because in the school they teach you coding is like engineering. That's like eight plus years of a degree where it's all math and I'm not at all good at math. And so I just thought it wasn't an option for me. So um, didn't really pay code much attention for a couple more years until I came across Learn. And at the time, um, Learn specifically was HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. So full stack JavaScript. And it was the way that you guys described it and people coming from backgrounds like myself that were saying the same things that I was, but then they would, you know, attend, learn and get an awesome job as a developer. I'm like, wait a minute, I think I can do this. And so that was like the huge turning point for me. That gives me goosebumps. Uh, <laughs> just, stories like that make me it, it just goes back to the very early days of Learn when we were talking about like the our mission and what we want to do, and that it's stories like that that make me go, okay, we're we're doing what we set out to do, and it makes me really happy to hear that. So, what kind of things did you do to prepare to get ready to go through the boot camp? I spent a lot of time self, it's going to sound cheesy, but I spent a lot of time like self-reflecting because it was a huge commitment for me. I had to, you know, quit my job, drop out of college at the time. Like I didn't have, like, I didn't have any money. Like I cannot stress that enough. So I would have to like take a trolley into downtown San Diego an hour each way. Cause I lived in Santee. And so it was a lot of, I would have to be like grinding for the next, who know who knew how long at the time. So I spent a lot of time like mentally preparing myself, making sure I was 100% sure, talking to graduates of LEARN. Um, 
Yeah, I think that was the biggest part of, of preparing. Oh, I also did your guys's jump start, which was super helpful. The weekend long course, like intro. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, we, we definitely recommend that for um, folks coming through and just learning, especially those that don't have a lot of experience coming into it. Do you think that um, your like graphic design background, your artistic eye, like how did that help you in, in learning? Um, I think it helped me view the bigger picture because I think when a lot of people are learning development, it's like, okay, but does it work? Right? Like you're writing these functions in JavaScript and you're like, okay, it looks like crap, but does it work? And so like, of course I had that train of thinking as I was learning, but then instead of, you know, I also was thinking about, okay, but how will the interface look once we're done with it? So I think I asked those questions a little bit earlier, which was really helpful for me. And also it's always helpful to see both sides of the coin. So. For sure. For sure. Um, Great. So what would you say it was the biggest factor in choosing to go to learn? The biggest factor in choosing to go to learn was definitely the support that you get along the way. So um, a lot of um, boot camps are online and I knew that knowing myself, I would not be able to commit to an online class and put in eight hours a day. I get really distracted. I can't hold myself accountable or I couldn't at the time. And so when I found Learn, and I mean, you guys are right in the heart of downtown San Diego, right next to the ballpark. Um, and when I went in and met you guys, like I could immediately tell that it wasn't just like, like I could tell you guys cared. Like you wanted to see me succeed and it wasn't just like, oh yeah, like let's get you in the class. It was like, okay, what are your career goals? Why are you interested in us? What do you want to get from coding? And so I feel like you guys asked all of the right questions and you really stressed community, which is something that I'm really big on. And so getting access to that Slack group with a whole bunch of other developers who are all working toward the same dream and having that support or, um, learn is in a co-working space and so getting to meet all these like cool random people that come by like I remember one time I was in the kitchen at learn just like pouring kombucha and these are there's these two guys there from Australia and they're talking about like painting murals around the office and so it's like the people you get to meet along the way so definitely that community was the the driving factor for me that's great uh on that same vein can you talk a little bit about your cohort you guys had, you had a, a tight-knit group. <laughs> we did, yeah. We were um, pretty special class, Foxtrot 2018, I believe. Maybe it was 2017. We graduated in 2018, started in 2017. Um, yeah, we were, we were a really fun group. But what I love about us was that we were all so different, so different. We all came from completely different backgrounds, had completely different personality types, and at first I was a little bit intimidated, um, but then like actually getting to hang out with them, there was like 17 of us and we would spend eight hours a day together, five days a week, and then go hang out on the weekends. And so it's like people, their personalities rub off on you. So when I was like really shy, a little bit timid before, like hanging out with extroverts, like 
you get all these really cool personality traits along the way and just to all work collectively, like I mentioned, to that shared goal. It's, it's an awesome feeling. Yeah, that's great. I think that one of the things that we talk about with new students that are coming in is that if you can connect with your class and support each other, you will be more successful as a whole. And so learning how to lift each other up and to be there and support each other is those cohorts are our most successful cohorts are the ones that are in it together. And I think 100%. that your, your cohort for sure had that. Yes. Quick um, side story really quick, but I was like pretty young when I attended learn. I was 20 years old. I could not legally drink. And so I remember one of the last nights um, I think everyone had just wrapped up their group projects or something, but everyone wanted to go out to a bar. I'm 20. I can't go to a bar. And I'm like, okay, no, like you guys go have fun, go do your thing. Like I'll see you guys next week. And I'm like about to walk out. And, um, two of the mentors at the time, George and Alyssa kind of like saw what went down and they're like, you know what? Like, let's go, let's go get a bite to eat. Let's go to Bub's. Let's like, we're not going to like let you just go home. Like you're celebrating. And so it's that the friendships that you make along the way and all the memories, like it's, it's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Alyssa's actually, she came back in our last class to do some mentorship with the group projects. Um, it's been fun kind of having her back in the classroom a little bit. Yeah. She's amazing. For sure. Um, on, on that sense, do you, what do you remember about your capstone project? Was that our, our group, group project, project at the end? Yeah. Um, what do I remember from it? Let's see. I remember, so it was a trivia app that we had made. So it was myself and three other people. I had um, good friends so like Jake Perlin. I got Eric in the group, um, Josh in the group. And we're all such good friends, right? And so we have this idea for like a trivia app where what if bars could challenge each other in a game of trivia so it's like one bar versus another bar one restaurant versus another restaurant yeah. and so we're all like set on this idea and we're so excited and we're like yeah let's do it but you're we're like learning at the time like we don't know exactly how to do things yet and so it was a lot of sure like frustration and planning and stressing and oh my god how are we going to get this done because you're also going to be presenting it to the community and like I think we had two weeks something like that mm -hmm. and so it was a really challenging two weeks but being able to be there at um our showcase night and like show people and people were like wow this is really cool and looking at it and it'd be like oh my god I like wrote lines of code to make this work like I did this with my group and here we are like it's such a yeah, very, one of my favorite nights from Learn. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, do you, so after the group project, you guys went into your internships and you interned with Duop? I did, yeah. How was that? I think Duop was the most, what's the word I'm looking for? I mean, without Duop, I don't know that I would have gotten a job at MindTouch. So um, quick story, you know, um, I interned with Duop for a month and I cannot recommend Duop to any, uh, I can't recommend Duop 
more to anyone that's looking for an app to like get out there and socialize. I know things are rough right now with the pandemic, but it won't last forever, you know? So Duop essentially is an app that I can pull up and there's all these different people that offer different services. So whether it be like a um, Sherry flies in a hot air balloon and for 70 bucks, you can go and ride a hot air balloon with a trained professional or just like fun stuff like that. So when I started, it was this like dream come true because I was getting to do all of these doo-ops. I was getting to go and take a hot air balloon over the wine country or, you know, learn guitar from this extremely talented guitarist and like getting to meet so many people because doo-op is such a big part of the community here in San Diego. And it was amazing, but it was also my first real life experience with being a developer out for a company. Like I'm not in like the safe in, you know, learn anymore where it's like you're in these four walls and you're safe, like you're out there and that's technically your job. And so it was a lot for me because yes, everything that I learned from learn was transferable, but it was a bunch of stuff I had no idea how to do yet. And so it was, it was stressful. But I think that's what really helped me grow. And what was really cool was my um, my boss, Ray, she recognized that like, okay, yeah, she's learning to be a developer, but she also has this design background. And so for um, March Mingle, which is one of San Diego's uh, bigger networking events, she's like, you know what? Like, I want you to help me make our print assets for March Mingle because Duop was a huge partner. And so I got to have so much fun with um, creating the photo booth backdrop or the photo booth template and name cards and stickers and and all that. And so that was really like my entryway, I think, into doing graphic design on a larger scale. And then I don't want to get too far ahead, but when I was um, interviewing at MindTouch, who would become my boss at MindTouch was a really good friend of Ray's. And since Ray had nothing but good things to say about me, one thing led to another and I was hired the same day. So it's really just what is that called? Like serendipity where everything is just like the perfect place. Everything lines up the, exactly the way it's supposed to. It was really cool. Yeah. I think that's true. But I also think you got to give yourself credit because you were the one that built those relationships. That building that relationship with Ray is what gave you that recommendation. And so I think that I'm all for like the universe puts things in our lives and I'm all for all of that. Uh, but I also think we get to take a little responsibility um, and credit uh, when things like that happen, that you worked hard, you worked really hard for doo-wop and that that gave you that recommendation so that she could easily go to MindTouch, didn't have to make up anything, was just glowing uh, recommendation for you. Yeah. Well, thank you. And there's um, a really good saying about that, actually, it's that luck comes the most to the people that work the hardest for it, which I think perfectly um, sums that up. But um, yeah. Cool. Well, well, before we leave your time at Learn, um, can you tell me what was your, your favorite part about the program? My favorite part about the program, I think it was the feeling of going in to learn every day, right? Like getting off the trolley in downtown San Diego, walking to learn and knowing that each day I was coming out a better person. Like I, yeah, there were, there were days I left frustrated because I didn't understand something, but ultimately it was that feeling of, I feel like I'm growing before I wasn't growing. Right. I, 
I was afraid of complacency. Um, I was just working really hard to pay my way through college. It wasn't even something I wanted. So to make that choice for myself and make it, you know, I'm working hard for something that I genuinely want and having so much support from my cohort and all the staff at Learn. And I felt like everything was coming together and that feeling of that shared dream was just really nice. That's amazing. What advice would you give to any incoming students? The advice I would give to them is recognize the time it takes to to get somewhere. Because like I mentioned before, there were nights that I left really frustrated with myself, like, oh, I don't understand how to write a JavaScript function or like whatever. And I'd go home and like be upset. But looking back at it, if I could go back in time and change one thing, like I would recognize that I'm learning. Like I can't expect myself to know everything yet. And so like to our point earlier, give yourself credit. Like if you choose to make that jump, which I definitely think you should if it's something you're passionate about, recognize that you're a beginner and recognize that you're learning and embrace it. Just embrace that beginner feeling and yeah, work really hard and you'll get there. That's awesome. Uh, cool. So before you got the job at MindTouch, you were doing some, po- some freelance work when you first left Learn. Is that right? Yes. So the freelance work, it was, it was interesting, right? Because it was little things like designing a logo for a family member or designing uh, some artwork for a family friend. It was like little networking things here and there where I could. Um, but then I came across Fiverr and um, what's the other one? Upwork. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? This is really cool. I have Photoshop. I want to like do this more for clients. And so I started taking on more logo work. I did a couple um, business cards, just like really small scale things. But what I didn't realize at the time was like I was learning how to communicate with clients and I was learning how to market myself. I was learning how to build my own personal brand. Um, And so while I didn't really create anything that cool that I'd be that excited to share, I think it was a time where I was able to sharpen a lot of really foundational skills. That's great. Yeah, I do think that we often overlook those skills and how important they are, whether you end up freelancing and working with clients, but just that communication and how important it is when you're in the job with whether it's with a outward facing client, or if it's internal communication, how important that is. And it sounds like that freelance work really kind of set you up for, to, to be successful in that. Definitely. Yeah. So, so what was the transition between like doing the freelance work into uh, working at MindTouch? Were you interviewing? Were you, you were looking for a full-time gig? How did that, how did that work? So, um, I was, um, I'm grateful looking back at it because at the time I was actually still in doo-wop. So I'm working full-time for doo-wop. I'm doing freelance, just working really, really hard. Like that was a time in my life. I look back and not really sleeping, not really socializing, just a lot of sacrifice to, to build those skills. Um, and I think it was a week after, um, 
moving on from Duop that I um, landed an interview with MindTouch. And what makes that <laughs> interesting is at Learn, um, you guys would do career development week. And mm-hmm. so one of those days we went around to all these different tech companies in San Diego. And one of the tech companies we toured was um, MindTouch, which is the company I would be hired at. Um, and I remember like walking into the building and it's like this really cool building. It just has like 20 floors, super fancy. And we like rode the elevator up to the 15th floor and like walking off the elevator, just the people there, the interior design of the place. I left that day and I'm like, I hope that one day maybe I can work at a company like this. Like, I don't know if, if I work really hard and I'm lucky enough and we'll see. Um, but what I did was I talked to their, um, what is, what is, what is his title? I'm going to get it wrong and he's going to get mad at me. Um, like a recruiter. I talked to their recruiter. Um, and I was just like, hi, my name's Kate. I love what you guys are doing here at MindTouch. I'm currently in a code boot camp, but if, and when you guys are ever hiring for a developer, I would love to get in touch. And he kept my information. We added each other on LinkedIn And so when it came time to actually find a job, since I had already established somewhat of a connection with Chris, he was eager to be like, yeah, come in for an interview. Let's, let's see. And one thing led to another and ended up as a designer. That's amazing. What, what a great, I feel like we talk a lot about how important relationships are and to get the job that you're in now I mean you've already talked about you know at least two different separate people that you met that like helped you get that job and I think that what we don't realize is that you can go to a meetup virtual not virtual meet people and maybe it doesn't lead to something right away but that down the road, maybe their connection meet, introduces you to somebody else or, you know, those connections, they happen. And, and sometimes it's, it's like behind this, you don't even realize that it is happening when, when you are talking to that person. And I love hearing the story of like hanging out with Ray at Duop and doing all that amazing work there. And then meeting Chris at MindTouch and, and having those connections just added to making that job hunt that much easier. Yeah, 100%. Looking back at it, like looking back at the past four years and I recognize these pivotal points and it's almost always because I just even though I'm introverted and I'm shy, I gathered up that courage. I'm like, just go talk to the person, just go show face. It's important to do so. And some things have even just come from being friends with someone. I think the best form of networking, when we you know, think of, of networking, I think most people think of like mixers and just talking about your job and if you're looking for an opportunity. But if you just go into conversations with a kind heart and you're just trying to like be a good person and you don't even like have to think about, oh, what am I going to get from this conversation? What can this person offer to me? But go in and ask yourself, like, what can I do to help this person? What can I, you know, just, just be a kind person and it'll get you really far in life. People, I think, remember how people made them feel, not so much what they did for them or things like that. So it's a, yeah, just cheesy way to say like, be yourself and embrace it. For sure. Well, and to make it almost make it about somebody else that, that, that takes the pressure off of you that when you're 
networking, I mean, again, also introverted. I hate networking. If we, I, if I go to networking events, I would much rather like just hang out on the fringe and not talk to a lot of people. I'd much actually rather just be home in my pajamas. But <laughs> um, although now my house is like way crazy because I have these small people that inhabit it and it's like, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that like, for me, what helped me was like, okay, what questions can I ask people to get them talking? Cause if I just get them talking, then it, then it's fine. Like I can sit there. I'm a good listener. I love to listen. So just finding those questions that you can ask people, um, makes them feel really good, made me feel really good and was just like a win-win for everybody. 100%. I love that. So great. So let's talk a little bit about MindTouch. Um, what kind of company is it? So MindTouch is a knowledge management SaaS company. And that's really just like a fancy way to say that we offer software as our product. And what the software does is it makes it easier for you to find answers on the internet. So the classic story we usually go to is like, let's say, you know, you move into a new place, you buy a washing machine, washing machine breaks four months later, and you're like, okay, how do I fix it? Um, most people throw away the, um, the little pamphlet that comes with appliances. And so their next best thing is, okay, let me Google this error code this washing machine is giving me. And then most, you know, nine times out of 10, they're going to be presented with a PDF by Google. And then they're going to have to, you know, scroll through a thousand pages of a PDF. And like, no one wants that. Like, it's a really bad experience. And so what MindTouch does is we go to companies like, Whirlpool or Samsung, um, Cisco Meraki. And we're like, okay, we recognize you guys have all this documentation, which we call knowledge, this knowledge management. And so how can we take, or, you know, better way to say it is we take their knowledge and we use our structure, our software to structure it in such a way that it's super SEO friendly, Google ranks it high. It's easy to use by their consumers, by their agents. And there's it's a very robust technology and we also offer like very advanced permissioning as well. And so if you're an agent or rather if let's say I'm, I'm Whirlpool, cause that's the example we've been using. And I have documentation that I only want my agent to see and not my consumer mind touch. Yeah, we got you covered. <laughs> so that's essentially what we are, what we do. Um, been with them for almost three years now. It's so crazy how, fast time flies. Amazing. Tell me about that journey a little bit because you started as a junior graphic designer and you're now a, a product UX UI designer. What was that journey like? It was honestly a very strange journey, but I am so grateful for it because starting as a junior graphic designer, you're doing stuff like creating um, social media images or your um, creating icons, illustrations. And so I reached a point after about six months where I'm like, okay, this is really cool and I enjoy this, but um, I'm the type of person that really likes to ask why. I'm very like inquisitive and curious and I want to learn stuff. And so when you're in marketing as a designer, and this isn't against my touch at all, a lot of companies are like this, but you just don't have the room to ask that question. It's just very, okay, here's your deliverables, here's the due date, and that's it. And so 
my journey at MindTouch does go outside of MindTouch a little bit. I'd rather talk about that later. But to just hit on trying to stay specific to MindTouch, maybe about a year and a half in, um, we did not have a product designer. Um, she um, had left the company. And so we were right in the middle of trying to launch a new feature. And um, product was like, okay, let's just do like a, a design jam. Let's invite everyone at the company who's even like, you know, slightly a designer, get all these people in a room and let's talk to them about how they would design the feature. Um, and so we did that and it was really fun. But I noticed that one of the product managers was like really stressed after the meeting. And so I was like, hey, like out of curiosity, like how are you guys going to prototype this feature? Like, are you going to be testing it with customers? Is it just going to be entirely engineering? Like, is there anything that I can do? Like, of course, let me check with my department first. But I do have skill sets in all of this, all these areas. So if I can do anything to help, just let me know. And I didn't know at the time, but it was another one of those classic examples where I just positioned myself really well. And so it led to her saying yes, and I got to help with the feature. I knocked the feature out of the park and we had a product designer consultant come in and he was so impressed with my work. He praised me, um, you know, so highly. And so it got around the company like, oh, maybe Kate and products someday, who knows? And so I think that was probably the most pivotal point. And then at the top of this year, um, we went through a little bit of a company restructuring. And so the VP of product specifically wanted me for the position. So he was able to pull me on over to product. And so the transition was from junior graphic designer to visual design and, you know, being in product design with that visual eye, it's, it's perfect because now I get to ask all those questions and do that research and perform tests and collect data, but I also still get to design. So it's a good position. That's awesome. Um, are there any like other projects or things that you want to talk about as a uh, UX UI designer or product designer? Um, the last thing that I worked on with MindTouch was actually um, reconstructing our entire user testing process. So we hadn't had a product designer in a while. Um, the other product designer, um, Paul Herrera, so talented. He had just been up to his nose in future work. He had never had a chance to work on user testing yet. And so when I came onto the team, that was something I could help with. And so getting to talk to our customers, getting to collect that data and getting to put my designs in front of people and validate or, you know, not get that validation. It was just like a very, very eye-opening project for me in like, wow, like I never thought in a million years I would be talking to like Whirlpool on the other line or, you know, stuff like that. Just, yeah, probably the most memorable project as of late. Cool. But yeah. That's awesome. Do you, do you have any advice for individuals who want to kind of leverage their coding skills to get into design? Um, advice. So you're already going to position yourself in a great way. Because understanding development and design, that is so powerful in and of itself. Um, should I give them advice on like how to break into it or just advice doing both? Or I, both. Okay. Um, we'll take so, whatever you got. Okay. I got you. <laughs> um, as a developer, right, you're already going to understand 
the function of things, the structure of things, and the limitations of things. And so a story that I hear a lot from people that usually are only a designer is they're capable of sitting down and designing something that is so visually beautiful and you're like, wow, I cannot wait to get my hands on that. But then when they go to collaborate with the developer, the developer's like, I can't do a lot of this. And so when you are a developer that also understands design, not only are you understanding those limitations and you get to design within those constraints, but it's gonna make when you collaborate with other, whether it be designers or developers or product or whoever, you're not gonna have to go back and iterate as much because you've already, you're understanding those key concepts. Cool. That's great. Um, okay, so I want to dive into, and we, you mentioned this at the beginning, but learn a little bit more about your Adobe Live experience and what you're doing over there, um, which is really exciting. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I'm exhausted right now, so it's not really coming up, but I'm ecstatic. I could not be more grateful if I could go back in time to little 10 year old me who's just got her first Wacom tablet and is in Photoshop and was like, hey, kid, you're going to be streaming with Adobe in like 13 years. Like, I'd be like, you're lying. Like, no, you're not. Like, you're weird. Get out of here. Mm -hmm. um, so it is a really cool experience. I've done it twice now. The first experience was up in San Francisco. And so they flew me out to their office um, and stayed up in San Francisco for two days and um, worked in their Adobe XD tool, which is a user interface and experience design tool. Um, and it was, a, it was a lot for me, but in the best possible way. Like I have trouble talking to like more than 10 people. So to put me in front of a camera where like 300 people are watching and it would grow to get like 40,000 views on YouTube. I'd be like, I can't do that. There's no way. So when you're sitting there and you have all these lights on you and cameras on you and you can see yourself on a giant screen, it's like, it feels so real. It's like nerve wracking, but you just can't help but feel like so proud of yourself and grateful. And you just like look back on it all and you're like, dang, like, I can't believe I'm here. That's awesome. So how, tell me, how did the opportunity present itself? Um, okay, let's see. So I started using Adobe XD back in, I want to say like late 2017, early 2018. And at the time at MindTouch, I was getting to lend a hand in designing our corporate website. And so I was just in the tool all the time, like eight hours a day, five days a week. And XD or the Adobe XD team started doing this thing called like daily creative challenges. And so the community would come together and be like, okay, guys, today we're going to design a forum experience using these tools in Adobe XD. And so then you did the challenge and you upload it to Behance and share it on Twitter or wherever. And that's how I started getting more involved with the XD community and like the Adobe community in general. And XD, while it's primarily an interface design tool, there's a lot of capabilities there for animation. And so I've always been really, really drawn to animation, but I didn't have like After Effects at the time. It was a whole other skill set I didn't know if I was ready to take on because I was super busy. And so XD just makes it so easy. And so I remember one day um, XD announced that they were doing like a contest for auto animate, which is their animation feature. 
and I just worked really hard on it. Like it was one specific weekend I remember where I just worked nonstop. Like I'm pretty sure I worked like 19 hours a day in like in my bed, like sitting like this, just like so in the zone, like so focused. I didn't think anything would come from it at all. I was just like having fun and like learning and excited to like share it with people. Um, and long story short, it got a lot of traction in the community and I had Adobe leaders like retweeting it like, wow, like this was all done in XD. Like she didn't use After Effects, she didn't use Photoshop, she didn't use, you know, Premiere or whatever. And so that's when XD's um, senior evangelist, um, Howard Pinsky, who had become a really good friend of mine, um, I think just like took notice of me and like would follow me on Twitter and keep track of my work. And I would like watch his streams. And so we built a little bit of um, a relationship there. And then last year, I attended Adobe Max, which is Adobe's annual conference. And um, Howard, the senior evangelist, was doing a couple XD classes. And I'm like, okay, I definitely like have to go to his class and like finally meet him because we had never met in person yet. And so um, went to his class and it was a great time, learned a lot. But he had mentioned like, oh my God, I'm just, I'm exhausted. I wish I had coffee or something. And so when it was time to leave, he was talking to somebody else. And so I'm like, oh, I don't want to interrupt. So what I did was I actually Twitter DM'd him. And I'm like, hey, your class was great. I'm actually going for a coffee run right now. Can I get you anything? And he's like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I actually just got some, but I'm going to be in this area if you want to come hang out. And I'm like, okay, cool. And so I remember like walking over to like the XD booth and like the conference room and meeting up with him and we hung out for a few hours and he was like, you know what? Like, why have you not streamed with me? Like, why have you not been on Behance Live yet? And I go, I don't know. I, I guess I never really thought about it. He's like, would you be interested in doing it? And I'm like, yeah, I think. Are you serious? <laughs> and so, um, yeah. So at the time, so that was up in LA for Adobe Max. And so it was just like a, a discussion. And then I was in San Francisco the next week for another conference. And he was also in San Francisco. And so we met up, got sushi, got boba. And he's like, you know what? Like, I really do think you have like a great personality. You're a really talented designer. Like, just like go on Behance Live. Like, come on, let's do this. And I'm like, okay, like sounds good. And so then as soon as the next month, I was flown up there and everything just happened. That's amazing. What a, what a great, I mean, you have so many stories of these like small connections that you make. Yeah. And how they turn into these like bigger relationships. Yes. And exactly like going back to our conversation later, like never did I, you know, message Howard like, hey, can I be on Adobe Live? It was just like, he's such a great teacher and such a talented designer and awesome person. Like I honestly just wanted to like get a burrito with him like, and be friends. And so- yeah. I never, you don't think about opportunities like that. Yeah. And ask what you can do for him, get him coffee, things like that. That's amazing. Yeah. It's so weird to look back on, like in retrospect now, it all makes sense, but in the moment, like it, it doesn't, you're so blind to what could come. So yeah, for sure. So tell me the, the app that you showcased was called CanQuest. Is that right? Yeah. So the, the app idea there was CanQuest, and it was supposed to be a web experience or a web application that would act as a um, like a to-do app. And so um, something that I struggle with 
is um, getting the motivation to actually like get up and do errands or like little things that I'm like, whatever about. Like I, I procrastinate a lot. And so I'm like, why is it so easy for me to like play a video game for four hours and do like four hours of side quests when they're the most boring things ever and it's not even contributing to the main story? And I'm like, wait, it's because I get like trophies and stuff and I get like rewards. And I'm like, it sucks that I have to feel that way to do stuff. But what if there is a to-do app where you could enter like the most simple things? It was catered towards designers was my idea. So something like... um naming all your layers in a in a Adobe XD file or creating icons for something. But as you're completing these in the to-do app, the idea is that you would like level up along the way or like get different trophies for different things. And then there would be like a social aspect where, um, sorry, there's like a fly right here. It's like really bothering me. But <laughs> anyways, um, yeah. So there was also like a social aspect where your friends could see what you're up to. So like, oh, um, you know, Kate did these seven things today and she leveled up from like level 19 to level 20. Or just like little things like that. Because I feel like it would personally motivate me to, to get more done, so. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit like there's a lot of apps out there that are for exercising in that way. Yeah, exactly. But it's, it's similar to that. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Are there any other... Um, uh, do you have any other live streams planned? Um, not at the moment, but if you're interested, I just wrapped up one today and one yesterday. They are um, actually published on YouTube. If you go to um, Adobe, I think it's the Creative Cloud Challenge. You can view those. Um, and yeah, if you want to find out if and when I stream, we'll get to this more at the end, but you can go to www.katekasab.com and find my Twitter. And I usually tweet when I'm going live. So Cool. And I also saw that you're attending the Node Code conference. I am. Well, I did. This year's is um, all virtual online. Obviously. Yep. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell, can you tell me a little bit about that and that maybe a little bit about that movement? Yeah. So No Code has been around for a very long time. Like when... I think no code, I think of websites like Weebly or Wix or WordPress where there's like a WYSIWYG element where you can still like visually manipulate code. Mm -hmm. um, but as of late, within the past few years, it has become a whole movement like you had mentioned. And it's thanks to like leading tools, I think, like Webflow, which we'll talk about in a little bit, and um, Zapier and, and other tools like that. Um, but the idea there is you're really giving a lot of creative power to the people that um, don't know how to code. And so like, let's say I didn't go to a, a code bootcamp, I could use no code tools to still achieve a similar results. Um, and I think when a lot of developers hear this, they're like, whoa, what is going on? Like, there goes our jobs, what the heck? Um, but that's not necessarily true because all it's really doing is it's taking away all the tedious work. Like I don't think anybody enjoys adjusting padding or margins or, you know, anything like that. And so if no code tools can simplify that workflow and give power to developers to do what's important to them and, you know, have them focus on, you know, more problem solving tasks, I think that's great. 
but yeah, the no code tool, no code movement has definitely transformed quite a lot over the past few years. For sure. Well, and I think it's also a great entry point for new small businesses that Mm -hmm. can't afford a developer that doesn't even really have a tech part of their business, but just need something easy to communicate their products. And so it gives people that opportunity. And I think that that's not necessarily taking away jobs from developers. I think that that those companies then are able to grow faster and get bigger and that eventually you, you do outgrow those sites in, in some sense. Yeah, totally. Cool. Uh, well, great. Well, I think, I mean, that kind of gets us to the end of your, I mean, not the end of your journey. You have a lot more ahead of you, um, but it brings us to present time, I suppose. Um, is there anything else you wanted to touch on before we uh, close out? Um, honestly, just like, thank you so much for listening. I don't think I've ever talked about myself this much in my whole life, but yeah, thank you for having me so much. And um, if you're thinking about making the jump, maybe you're also like working at Target or working for a job that you don't care for. You're going to school and you want to get in tech, like make that jump, take that risk. What's the worst that could happen? (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kate. It was really nice catching up with you and learning more about you. This is one of my favorite things about this podcast is I don't actually get as much face-to-face time with our students anymore. And so it's been really nice to get to know you and learn more about your story. (laughs) Thank you so much. Likewise. Cool. Well, like she said, uh, if you want to connect with Kate, you can reach out to her at uh, www.katekassab.com. Follow her on Twitter and learn more about what she's doing. Um, But again, thanks for listening to another episode of Collaboration Code Radio. You can follow us on all of the social channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, or you can learn more about Learn Academy at www.learnacademy.com. Great. Thank you so, so much again and have a good night.